there's that hybrid Mario game that's a flash game that sadly you got a takedown for, but it was great. It was um, the entire original Mario, but you could choose to be about, from about 10 different other characters from like classic sort of 16-bit games. So you could be like Mega Man. And, oh, nice. it, and it was Mega Man's full move set in Mario. Yeah, it was great. Or you could be like Castlevania dude with a whip, like just run through whipping people. Mm. What was was it? Just an online game that got a um, cease and desist. Yeah, but it was really well made. I think there was there was quite a bit of noise about it at the time. Nintendo were really really sharp on the cease and desist they stuff are, as well. Annoying. And this was obviously massive because someone made a game with Mario in it. Like it's like <laughs> it's not even one you can be a bit like mm, about like. But it was like a fan love thing. Like it was clearly done out of love. But doesn't, doesn't matter, right? Yeah, it's the it's the same as all of the Pokemon games that anybody ever makes when they make their own mm. version of Pokemon. The most recent one was Pokemon Uranium. Yeah, it came out most recently, and it was a great game, great premise, and it had different new mechanics for Pokemon based on the Ruby and Sapphire engine. But it was up for I think a week before yeah. it got a cease and desist. By that point, of course, it had already disseminated and everybody everybody got a copy. But How was it different? Was it just like you play Ash, Mark Three, Bash? No, you literally had irradiated Pokemon, and surely Mark Three would be cash. Hi, and welcome to Money Old for Old Rope. With your host today, Ben, Adam, and Sam. And a podcast ostensibly about idioms. That's what he says. I was almost there. I was like, a podcast about words and stuff. <laughs> Ben, what's your idiom? Fighting fire with fire. Nice. Some people fight fire with water. Some people fight fire with... Just right into the description. Living living in somewhere cold. But I'm fighting fire with fire tonight, Adam. Thank you for asking. Nice. Sam, what's your idiom? Starter for 10. Never heard it. It's used all the time at my work. I heard it. It's a movie as well, isn't it? Good to know. Mine is chew the rag or fat, depending on what century you live in. Chew the rag. That sounds a lot worse. Chew the fat. Chew the rag. Depends what you mean by a rag. Ben, since you were so enthusiastic about fighting fire with fire, why don't we start with yours? With fire. So, if I was to tell you that I'm fighting fire with fire, apart from the obvious Pokemon battle, Mm. what does it make you think of? Oh, well, you already said what I thought. What I was going to say, it makes me think of, which is Pokemon battles, especially when you're like five and don't know any better. I was terrible when it came to the whole type thing in Pokemon when I was a kid. You don't have to worry about it. You can just aggressively level a single <laughs> fire Pokemon and then you can still win because it's a game for fire children. Fire rock with fire. You can still do it. Like You can yeah, grind you can. You can grind a, the fire starter to beat anything in all I, those games. I was extremely annoyed about, annoyed about the most recent version of Pokemon. I can't remember the name of Sun and Moon because I was like, oh, great, it's broken the formula because it wasn't. You go through, you fight gyms, you battle, battle the Elite Four, like every I heard single it was very different. game. Yeah, except at the end, where they reintroduced the Elite Four as sort of like, ha ha, got you. Mm, and I was so disappointed. because Elite like, Four oh. are the worst in all those games. Yeah, just having to grind your way through them without being able to heal. It's like, this is clearly unfair on me as the individual. Life is unfair. That is that lesson from Pokemon Red uh, and Blue. I only ever played through Blue because, unlike you, I wasn't five when it came out, so I was old enough that I couldn't play any of the other ones because it wasn't cool. 1996? Yeah, it had its... um. Well, it had its 20, 20th anniversary recently. That makes sense for yeah. when I played it. Pokemon Red did. But by the time I finished it with Blastoise, which is obviously the only Pokemon to go for, because it's like a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, and for Bulbasaur. P- Pokemon, like all the losers. Um, <laughs> we did have all three starters in this group. That's pretty cool, because I, I chose Charmander. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Sweet. I played Blue, though. Just a, I played yeah, Red. I was a Red person. Yeah. But by the time I finished it, I'd obviously walked around so much with, with Blastoise that it was he just nuked all the bad guys. It was great. Fighting fire with fire. 
fighting fire with fire. So you think of Pokemon, Adam? I do immediately. Sam, what does it make you think of? Slash, what do you think it means? Um, slash, sing me a song. Do you, I can come up with a good, solid, reasonable answer. What to to how we use it? Are you yep. jumping straight ahead? Do we? I don't know. I can do. You what? can come up with a solid, reasonable answer if yeah. you want to. Go on then. I've just got. I mean, the the meaning is sort of like. You're going all out. It's a massive offensive. Like there's a big issue, and you're using an aggressive tactic to solve it. Like you're using the same thing back at it. Like, yes, mm. correct. So respond to an attack by using a similar method as one's attacker. My example that I lifted off the internet is, uh, "Come on, it's time to fight fire with fire and start a nasty room about Tiffany, <clears throat> like she did to you." Heaven knows what Tiffany did to the person in this example that's such an urban dictionary example it's so bad which is why i like <laughs> it so much but it's true like you might be like uh yeah so i can see that you're making lots of noise while i watch my tv so i'm gonna fight fire with fire yeah and make a lot of noise when you're watching your tv just push a sub up against the wall to piss your neighbors off <laughs> wind your neighbors up i quite often fight fire with fire i agree with sam's assertion i think it's just you choose maybe not even the best tactic well definitely not the best tactic as the idiom implies but just something that's forceful and aggressive to... do you not think you can fight fire with fire i've never tried should we try i i have a good reasonable um so yeah so like it's basically doing something back to someone or and it's generally it's never used in a positive way you're not like oh yeah so i used fire with fire last night which really helped out my husband Look, that kind of stuff i can think of like a really good Fighting fire with fire tactic, can, can either of you? Like a way of actually fighting fire with fire. Is this your origin? Where do you think it comes from? Maybe. I just think this is the only thing. Fighting fire with fire. Well, you can, I mean, you could arguably stop forest fires by burning out where it's going to burn before yeah. the fire reaches it. Controlled burns. Controlled burns. Yeah. yeah. Controlled burns? Is that what you're calling those? That's is that what it's called, I think. I think, I think that's what it's, what it's called, yeah. It might be called a... Is that what you're going to go with? It might be called a back. I'm not sure fire. if that's the actual answer. I think, it, I think it's more likely to be a silly thing, like you don't fight fire with fire, but you just, you know, like, balls in, let's go for it, like, mm. let's just drag each other down, I'll meet you at your level kind of thing, like... See, I assumed, I assumed perhaps wrongly, perhaps it is just a simple analogy you don't fight fire with fire i assumed that it would have an actual hard origin because the very first thing that sprung to my mind wasn't pokemon unfortunately it was trench warfare and the way that they used to describe the battlefield in trench warfare when the um the sort of gatling guns and the machine guns were firing each other across no man's land was like a burning earth and i think there's a famous poem by um who's that wartime poet thomas peeps Nope. <laughs> Rings a bell. Anyway, there's a famous poem where the war across no man's land is described as the burning earth. And I think it means that, well, I mean, it's kind of allegorical, but literal in that the fire from machine guns could be quite bright and disruptive. So fighting fire with fire could be a battlefield in trench warfare. It's a massive understatement. <laughs> machine guns can be disruptive. A little bit. When they didn't jam. <laughs> when they didn't jam in the, in like the early part of the Second World War. So we've got we've got... Starting fires to stop fires. I don't. Th- I don't know if I think that's the origin, but that's the. I was just thinking like, guns. of like how you could use fire to fight fire. Okay. Well, I've got. I've got my usual three choices. Okay. So choice one. Does it come from the practice started in the 17th century of when a fire started in a place, lighting another fire nearby, such as the next building over, to engulf the original fire? Okay. That sounds a much worse idea than a controlled <laughs> burn. That's like <laughs> if anyone's going to burn my city down, it's going to be me. <laughs> Due to the second fire being man-made and therefore also instead of an act of God, the person was allowed to claim on their insurance. (laughs) 
this is also how the original firefighters got their name, as they would have to literally fight their way to the fire through, through people who own nearby buildings to stop them. They're obviously trying to stop them from setting fire to their building. <laughs> so that's option one. Okay. Option two? What? That's a good option. Not an act of God if my neighbour did it. <laughs> that's the rule, isn't it? You're not allowed to claim an act of God. But like, so like a flood is an act of God, but if someone blew up the dam, that's like water arson. What's water arson called? You can definitely insure against acts of God. Choice two, was it originally coined in one of Shakespeare's plays, King John, 1595? Yes. It's always a good bet, a Shakespeare play. <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to do a quote. It's oh. partly in the opening scene. I did read the King John synopsis to try and make this as believable as possible. Do you you know what happens in King John? Absolutely not. No. Excellent. Then what I say is 100% fact. (laughs) Uh, So it starts out with King John being like, be stirring as the time, be fire with fire, the saying. Nice. Uh, Threaten the threatener and outface the brow of bragging horror. Okay. So so the anopsis alludes to the fact that King John um, uses a series of throne flowers to battle the French. He Uh, uses a series of flamethrowers to battle the French. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The French are obviously using lance flammes because they're French. Uh, and the flamethrower was a commonly used weapon in the 14th century by the French due to their love of uh, baked goods and warfare. <laughs> was this prior to the Fondant Fancy Wars? Kind of jarring. I believe the Fondant Fancy is happening in the 14th century. Just like... I can't um, read that bit. Just, just like the firefight, the first choice, happened while it was cowboy times over in America, but we were still on knights on horses. Cause sure. Because that's how the timelines line up. Or was it three? Choice three. Does it come from a song uh, by Kansas? Does anyone know Kansas the oh, band? Kansas, yeah. Yeah, they do a song called Fighting Fire with Fire. Okay, so I'm not a big fan of Kansas. Uh, their music, if you not, like that kind not of even stuff. That, not even that one song. What, Fighting Fire with Fire? No. What's that one song? Um, I can't remember the title. Is it Fighting Fire with Fire? <laughs> yeah, let's say that. I'll Metallica pick... apparently also do a song called Fighting Fire with Fire. But... I came across the Kansas one first, so I mean, but <laughs> the, or- the origin comes from the Kansas one. Was okay. it first? Yeah, it was nineteen eighty odd. So, um, and this is what I gleaned from watching the music video. So, a gentleman is working in a steelworks <laughs> factory. Um, he has terrible nightmares, spending each night lying sweaty and shaky in a bed f- surrounded by a floaty white satin type material. Okay. The gentleman decides to incept into the dreams of his nightmares as revenge and stop them, turning the nightmares' dreams into nightmares where they are um, a gentleman working in a steelworks factory who has a terrible nightmare, spending each night lying sweaty and shaking oh, in bed, man. surrounded by floaty white satin. As shown by the chorus of the song, uh, that's why I fight fire with fire. Oh, I'm burning inside and my heart is a-crying. Fire with fire. I don't want to lose this flame and desire. Standing alone in a crowded room, I can feel the chill in the air. I'm shaking. I just love how music videos never have anything to do with the video. What? Like, that, like those lyrics, nothing to do with that video. <laughs> like, they're just like two separate things that someone plumped together. He was, he was working in a forge, and, which has fire in it. And at one point, <laughs> some men looked at him a bit aggressively, and he kind of shoulder barged his way past them. And that's when it cut to him lying sweaty in a floaty... It was very 80s, nice. it was good. Yeah, the 80s were sort of surrealist videos like that, weren't they? The 90s were just a lot of people stood on a stage with cheering fans around them. That's a 90s video. Yep. I think Real Big Fish and Oasis, as they were, and various other bands from that era. They're just always the band singing on a stage. Yeah, or like on a garage roof in suburban America. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, um, I think it's the firefighters fighting fire with fire. Sam, what are you going for? Um, Do you want a synopsis of the three? I'll go for Shakespeare. Shakespeare, nice. You're both, strictly speaking, correct. Although what I said was obviously such a watered-down version of the truth as to be unrecognisable for the original truth. So, uh, unsurprisingly, Shakespeare did use fire with fire. It looks like it was in use by them, right? Well, he... He coined a lot of phrases, Shakespeare, though, so it's not surprising if, if... He decided to be particularly flowery that day. Yeah, so like, be staring at the t- as the time, be fire with fire, isn't really as we see the phrase today, but it is kind of the idea that you're doing something to someone back. But it kind of really came into use during Firefighters. And I think it's called, it's, I, I should have written it down, but it is called like back, backfire or backwash or something, where they used to dig, you basically, you, you do a controlled burn to cut the supply of fuel for the bigger fire. Ah, you take the oxygen out of the air. Well, by not having anything to burn, the fires can't spread anymore. Okay. So, like, if it's if you've got a forest fire and you burn 20 metres of the trees away, the fire won't be able to get across that. So um, you're basically right with controlled burn, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and it's still, it's still used somewhat today, I think. There are obviously some examples. Um, I found an example in a in Caroline Kirkland's novel. If anyone knows good old Caroline Kirkland? Name rings a bell. Couldn't, um, couldn't tell you what she's written. She used to. She wrote a book about her experiences in Frontier, Michigan, hmm. where basically they hmm. they tried to make a backfire to stop the fire from getting to the house. Didn't do it in time or far enough away from the main fire, so the main fire just kind of burnt through the backfire and then <clears throat> burnt down her barn anyway. Oh. That's um, sad. And the earliest usage of it... Well, the earliest usage down here is 1852. <laughs> it just tickled me. So the last line <laughs> is basically a man talking about smoking. And most of it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, so, But the last few lines are as the trappers on the prairie fight fire with fire. So I thought tobacco with tobacco. And like, <laughs> like the whole blurb is just like completely nonsensical. And then it's finished off with that. I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? That's great. The original firefighters, they were like private companies, weren't they? Because you had to sort of pay them to put the fire out <laughs> when they arrived. Nice. And they would they would charge you for putting the fire out. They'd turn up with all the equipment, but they wouldn't just do it. You had to actively pay them to do it. Why are you still... Firefighting in this country is free, isn't it? Like, if a firefighter turned out to help you out. But is it free in other countries, like in America? Or, like, is there an expense to it? Like, if the firefighters come and get a cat out of the tree, the classic, you then have to give them, like, 30 quid? That probably, but I doubt, I doubt that firefighting itself... It's probably covered by the state. It's probably yeah, a state thing. Oh, the local yeah, area. Principality or something. Re- realised yesterday that they have to pay for like bin collections and stuff. Like trash is just part of the things that Americans seem to pay for as part of the house. Like obviously for us, it's just like you put your bins out and someone comes and takes them. It's rolled into council tax. Yeah, though, but you've got no option really. Like You couldn't choose not to pay for your bins. Wish to I could choose and not pay council tax. I don't do anything anyway. Um, and then, like, I looked at engrams because Adam always used them. I was like, nice. "Yeah, I'll get on that. I'll get on that bandwagon." And interestingly, kind of, it started out when the 1852-ish kind of a little peak when it was obviously used to, to deem on the frontier when people were using it there uh, in America, not in England. Um, and then just like really spiked around World War Two during ah. during the, I'm presuming during the Blitz. I wonder if it was used a lot during the Blitz. Possibly, it's very visual, isn't it? Like you say, fight fire with fire, yeah. and it's a very and it's very it. it's emotive, isn't it? It's like mm. they're doing this to us, well, we're gonna do it to them. It sounds like the sort of thing Churchill would have used in a speech at some point. Yeah, very eye for an eye ish. Yeah. So it peaked there, kind of the highest point of the engram, and then drops off, and it's just getting back to the same level. 
uh, kind of in recent years, hmm. which right. makes me wonder if we're if this is a kind of a coincidence or we're heading towards World War Three. Nice. What's the, what's the modern equivalent of fight fire with fire? I think it is fairly modern. Fight e fire with e fire. <laughs> Like, wars are mostly sight. Like the early 2000s where people just put E in front of everything and that made it Oh, God. I reckon you could, I could put some more brain power into that. Fight nukes must, with nukes. There must be some kind of interesting Bush, Russia, China fight a lack of trade with a lack of trade. Well, maybe it's fight mutually assured destruction with mutually assured destruction. <laughs> it's not as snappy. It doesn't roll off yeah. the tongue as easily. So apparently South Korea turned off their propaganda speakers they've got aimed at North Korea. Oh, did they? Is that because North Korea did, uh, claimed that they were shutting down the nuclear test site? It's because it's kind of a, uh, I think it's them trying to set up a good atmosphere for the upcoming talks. Sure, they bled American rock music for a while. I'm sure it wasn't propaganda. I'm sure it was just American rock music for a little while. They do also. That yeah. was a torture tactic somewhere as well. Was it? Yeah. Wow. That's kind of grim. Mm. Not sure if lots of things are torture tactics. Though. I'm not sure like, if Sam the Yanks real, have done a lot. A real down view on American rock. Horrendous torture. Sam, speaking of horrendous torture, what was your idiom? Ha! Oh, hilarious. Um, start of a ten, which apparently you haven't heard of. Never heard of this. Never Don't heard know what of this it. Means. Have you heard of it? I've heard it used as a name of a mediocre indie movie from I think the late two thousands. Right. Which is just like. The idea that when you do a quiz, you get starter, you get ten points for the first question. All right. I presume it's it's university challenge linked. So, like yeah. people at work use it all the time, and it's usually just yeah, it just annoys me. It's used too much, so it's just really gotten to me. So I I couldn't think of anything. So I brought this, um, and about three or four different people use it now, and I've heard it, I've heard it elsewhere. But it'll just be like, all right, for a start for ten, we'll do this or like. How's this for a starter for 10? And then it'll just be like an initial idea. Does it mean something. it's kind of like a good starting point? So like, oh, we yeah, start for 10. Why don't we start for 10 with some Doritos? <laughs> oh, good start for 10. Start for 10. Some of those were the correct usages. I think some of the wrong tense. <laughs> Classic shotgun effect for the win. Scattergun approach. Start for 10. So does it just mean like, here's the, the, the starting point and yeah. we go from here? It's just sort of like used in place of like, the starting point. Oh, like here's a start. Like here's the first stab at it. Like, well, why do you reckon it started for ten, Adam, and not started for like eleven and a half? Probably because it's a nice round number, and it probably comes from auction houses. Auction houses. Yeah, like I'd imagine that the way that they used to start off a bid in a particular auction house, probably somewhere in London, is they'd go, ah, and the start for 10 is 10, and do I say 12, 12, 12, 12, do I say 14, 14, got 14, do I say 16, got 18, got 18, got 21, 21, 21, 23, 23, going at 23 on the phones. I thought that they, the way auctions worked was that you had to increase it by the same amount each time. No. You, you can do, like, when it's going quick, it'll just, he'll just be like, do I get, you know, like he'll, he'll put a price forward. Oh, okay. So we're like, have I got 100? And someone's like, oh. and he's like, oh. all right, have I got 110? And he's like, oh. he's like, have I got 200? And then someone might go like, 450 pounds, and then like shout. And then he'd be like, all right, 450 at the back. And then like, okay. and then if he doesn't get the price he wants and he thinks he could get more, he might try and like oh, half it. So he'd be like, do I have 105? 105? Mm-hmm. Going once, do going I twice. Have 100 <laughs> and a penny. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why you get odd numbers. Worth watching auctions. Just if you've, a casual observer of auctions, which apparently is a thing, then there's some famous auctions you can go and watch that are usually like high market um, art. Sotheby's or something. Yeah, it's just... Just go and sit and watch an auction. You can do. Be so tense. Just just sit to, on your hands, to, definitely. Yeah, to vote at the start and hope someone outvotes me. Do I have 10 from anyone? Me. 
10 million. <laughs> I, hope this does, I hope I don't win. Uh, I wonder I how binding it is. It's how not, binding can it be? It's not. They go to the second highest bidder if, it's, if they walk to you after and you get barred, I think. Oh. Getting barred's a good idea if you keep going to say, <laughs> are you going to, you better not do that again, sir. It's like, no. Oh, second time. You've done it every week for four weeks. Could you try and make it so that you bought enough items to pay for the items that you bought? What? I don't know if that, what? So, <laughs> so you, you auction, you buy some items at auction, but then instantly auction them again. All right. You can't sell the same item in the same auction. Yeah, because oh, you've okay. already, you've been determined that you're willing to pay the most for it out of everyone in that room. <laughs> Why would someone then pay more for it? It sounds like a terrible, e- <laughs> it sounds like a terrible eBay business where you're bidding on things, hoping to win them, but you've already got them on sale on like, <laughs> under a different title. Don't price. ship to me, just ship to this guy. <laughs> you can do that, arbitrage. You can do it with Amazon and eBay. You find something that's cheap on Amazon, right? So you find like widgets and they're £2 on Amazon, but they're going for £4 on eBay. So you list, you just put a listing up on eBay for widgets for £4. And when someone buys it, you just send it to them straight from Amazon. I mean, I can't imagine it's illegal or illegal it's or anything. Not. It just seems I mean, like a kind of. You can automate it as well, but I don't want to ruin my Prime account because I don't think I could survive if my Amazon account got turned off. My guess, start of 10, is it comes from auction houses. Auction houses is a good guess. I was trying to think of a silly one. I can't believe you've seen the film. What? Like, it's just like a niche film based on a niche book about University Challenge. Is it University Challenge where yeah. it comes from? <laughs> <laughs> it's like two pieces of information on this and the whole. Why have you seen that film? Is that to shut you down? I do a oh, no, it's good. Like... Um, it was uh, because I watched it with my flooper dupe. Like we went for a stage of just lying in bed and watching endless movies in my parents' house because when you're kind of twenty something and just dating, that's all you want to do. And so, so like we smashed Sky. So got to the point where you're just watching like any movie on there. I remember starting to watch a Paris Hilton Sky movies though. That's pretty fancy. Yeah, I thanks, Dad. That. Dad does not very good at using the uh, free Sky Online thing you get with every subscription. So I just use that. <laughs> Interesting technology about Sky. I think it was Sky that did this. Back when Game of Thrones, the season finale aired. Um, mm. Did you hear about this? You might have heard about this. Maybe. They pre-cached the episode on everybody's Sky boxes. Huh, like nice. everybody's Sky boxes, because they knew it would be that popular. That even people who weren't watching it, they shoved Game of Thrones on there, because they didn't want to saturate all of their links yeah. with uh, Game, Game of Thrones. Of Thrones. Risky, though, shipping it out in advance. I'd imagine they shipped the unlock key. Like yeah, but on the still, day. someone might get that. Yeah, yeah maybe. But yeah, no, they uh, they pre-cached Game of Thrones because they didn't want it That's to cool. destroy nice. their networks. That was quite a nice one. Nice. I'd imagine you had to have had the space free as well. Yeah, on the box. Otherwise, that'd be a bit of a sod move. Just like delete strictly come down since game for Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. I reckon everyone that watches Strictly Come Dancing also watches Game of Thrones. I'd never seen it up until Ed Balls was on it, and I went, "Yes, I will watch this." <laughs> but yeah, it's from University Challenge. Which I thought you got. I thought you'd have got. Do you not watch University Challenge? I've seen the odd episode here and there. I find yeah. I find them annoying. I find them incredibly annoying. But yeah, Paxman's always like, okay, and here's your starter for ten, and then it's the first question, and it's always worth ten points. Okay, because it's the first one goes out to both teams, doesn't it? And whoever gets it gets ten points, and then gets like dibs on the round. Three yes. callback. Is it three follow-up questions of five? I think so. Something I hate like it because it just makes me feel like. It's a general knowledge question. General knowledge is my least strong. It's not general knowledge, is it? It's like. Awkward painters from twelfth century or something like it's not. It's not general. It's specialized, right? They do actually have categories yeah. in University Challenge. I've seen the odd episode here and there. I might watch it more if I knew when it was on, but I don't pay attention to broadcast TV. So I like I like Paxman though. Yeah, Paxman's all right. Two questions. 
first. When did it start? 1947. 1947, strong guess. Probably the 1980s. Probably 1984. Right, bang in the middle of both of you, 1962. And, right, throw it out to the room. How many University Challenge hosts can you name? One. One. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean that we're both right? Yeah, pretty much. No, there's only two. I thought there were more. Oh, right. But no, in, in like the years it's been running. There was someone called Bamba Gascoigne. No idea. That's the guy who did it at the start. He did it from 1962 to 1987. Wow. Yeah, and no one knows his name. Maybe he's more famous. But then it stopped. It went off the air entirely until 94 when it got brought back with Paxman. Oh, right. Okay. And then he's just been doing it ever since. So he's been doing that for ages. He used to have a beard, Paxman. He's a very strong personality. I think he's one of those people you either like or hate. He despises David Cameron. Have you ever seen his rant on David Cameron? It's worth watching. He just he goes he calls him the worst prime minister since Lord North and various other things. He's just he he doesn't like the guy. He grew a beard, and there was a kind of a press release at the time where he talked about how modern culture like anti beards, and he wasn't allowed to keep his beard because it didn't give the right impression of what role he was supposed to be playing. And modern culture's anti beard. He had a word for now. like beard phobia or something. It's a start of ten. It's just university challenge. Yeah. It's just straight lifted from that. All right. So, and I think it's only Paxman that said it. I don't know if it was said by Bamba. It's because no one knows who he is. I did go to see it once. I'm, I, I'm, I'm on television watching it in two episodes because they filmed two at once. Huh. So, yes. Yeah. Right. It's, it's free to go to things if you live in Manchester, isn't it? So. Did, did, it uh, did it make you feel as stupid as it does when you watch it on TV? I barely remember it. I don't know why. <laughs> I, don't know why. I don't know how I ended up there. Like, someone must have, I, I think I was at school at the time. Someone must have invited me. But now, cool. I, I yeah. hadn't heard it. It's worth so. going just to just if you haven't been in a sort of studio audience or something. It's worth going just to sort of see the process. All right, it's interesting. And in the middle, like between the episodes, like some woman wandered down and gave Jeremy Paxman her an assortment of homemade jams that she'd made for him. Mm, nice. And I think she'd done it before. That's very or quaint. For Paxman or for for Paxman? Do you reckon he eats them or just instantly smashes them? <laughs> I reckon. Paxman... I don't know. Would you eat? Like you're famous, a fan. Brings you unsolicited food products. Do you eat them? I reckon Paxman's famous enough, not famous enough to not be targeted. Someone would definitely try and kill him. I mean, I'd probably like try them in public. Just like, oh yeah, let me try one now, just on camera. Do you eat it? Yeah. Is it quite common? Is it is it used quite common? Do you know? Bloody is in my office. Just everywhere. Well annoying. (laughs) Yeah. I I had heard it before, but it's a definite hotspot for in HMRC Manchester. I wonder if just just using stuff like that just uh, like increases its. Well, it does. Someone used it. Now someone else used it. Now I've announced it on something that a few hundred people listen to. Like, it's definitely spreading. My idiom this week is chew the rag or fat, depending uh, on, depending on what you It's definitely not chew the rag. That's a so, horrible thing. So you've saying. not heard chew the rag? I found no, that interesting. chew the fat I've heard. What about you? Have you heard chew the rag, chew the fat? Chew the fat. You've heard chew the fat as well? Okay. Chew the rag would just be used in an offensive manner. What does it, what does it mean now? What does it mean? Chew the fat. Let's go with that. Just, means you've just talk off. nonsense. means you're a group of cannibals and you've managed to chase down a fatty. And you're just trying to work your way through them before uh, you get chased off by the feds. So your guess is Lord of the Flies. For its <laughs> Lord origin. of the Flies. <laughs> that just means talking rubbish, shooting the wind, yeah. that kind of stuff. That's good. Yeah, talking nonsense. Um, it's sort of like passing the time with idle conversation, like yeah. chewing the fat. You're just, you know, catching up, making nonsense talk while you're waiting for something. That's good, that sort of thing. Previously, it did mean grumbling. So it's evolved a bit. Oh, okay. It used to mean actually complaining. Chew the fat and chew the rag just used to be like a... Chew the rag, though. Well, that coming to that, I mean, chew the rag, chew the fat, either one. Can you think of an origin for? I'll accept either one I, here. Fat, probably just like it's, you know, and you get like a big chunk of fat on 
obviously bad audience to say this to, but like gristle or something on like a chop or a steak, like you can be chewing that for ages and it's a fairly pointless activity. But I suppose if you like the fat on foods, like some people do for some reason, like it's not entirely unpleasant. So it's just like no, 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 chewing the fat, not doing the right lot, your mouth's moving, it's got that sort of talking effect going on. Like, okay, so you reckon chewing the fat comes from the fact that when you chew fat, you it's sort like, of look like it's talking. kind of pointless. But kind of has an aim. Not really going anywhere. Can do it for a while. Hmm. Mouth involved. Interesting. Yeah. Any any guesses on chew the rag? No, that's terrible. That's made up by that's you. That's awful. Made up by me. Okay, cool. <laughs> then you your mouth mouth moving. <laughs> I'm imagining chewing the rag. So I reckon chew the fat. Yeah. Comes from the fact that the fat is like the bit of the meat which is tasty, but only if it's done in the right way. And like while you're chewing the fat, you have that face of kind of vacancy. Which is the kind of that no one chews the fat and goes, oh yeah. I forgot how to eat meat. If you think you just stare vacantly upwards, definitely. And then while you're staring, I mean that's that's how I remember eating meat. Is that you? You remember eating meat? Yeah, yeah. And then people around you just like talking in a conversation about how great meat is, and you're like, I should definitely become a vegetarian. This is definitely how carnivore meals go. I remember. Although when they make a gammon steak, I, I imagine it like a carrot where you pull it out the ground. When they make a gammon steak carrot, cat, yeah, thin, that'd be delicious. Gammon's pretty good, to be fair. Gammon's my favourite meat. So, any sort of guesses other than just vacantly staring into space when you're chewing? Chew the rag. So, I reckon that before fights in Viking times, when they were sailing across the sea, like, yep. they generally, they used to keep someone on board that would kind of do, so like when we drive places, this is coming together beautifully. When we drive places, we put on the radio and just have that trundling away in the background. Yeah. And quite a lot of our radio stations, such as I'd say that what we do on our podcast is more or less just chew the fat, isn't it? We just talk kind of relatively entertaining. I'm going to big myself up by saying relatively. Thank you. <laughs> uh, rubbish. And people sometimes listen to it in the background. But at Viking times, they didn't have radios, or they did, but hadn't worked out how to broadcast to them. So they were just, <laughs> so they were just like redundant. <laughs> You know, at the front of the longbow, the long ship. So they, this will be great when yeah. we figure out what to do. With yeah, so they'd, they'd have them installed, but they were still working on the actual broadcasting <laughs> method. So, so which, which led to a whole other kind of um, job market of people that could just kind of chew the fat, make low-level, inane conversation in the background while you're getting the slaves to row. But obviously, you don't always want the noise on in the background. Um, so, so to stop them from talking, you'd cram a rag into their mouth <laughs> and that would like muffle them to a stage whereby you could talk to the, the slaves and, and, you know, I forgot what the original Most saying was. Words. Chew the fat, yeah. chew the rag. Chew, and just... they, so they'd be chewing the rag while, and that's how they, and you'd kind of have a conversation that way. Cool. Well done. <laughs> I, I, I applaud your effort. That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> Involve Vikings and radio. <laughs> it all fell into place so quickly. That was beautiful. <laughs> I love it when a story tells itself. You can just get swept along in it. So, I reckon Sam's serious. This is probably close <laughs> to the truth. So, no, but it doesn't explain the rag. Something to do with the jaw movement. So the two phrases have different supposed origins, but they're frequently used together. So here's a, a, quote, not, a quote for you. Whistling, singing, arguing the point, chewing the rag or fat, or other voluble and noisy inflictions, such as the screeching and gabbling of parrots and yelping of canines. 
and that was a guy complaining about how military people acted around each other. Okay. They just complained and grumbled, and he used the word, phrase chew the rag or fat in the same sentence. Yeah. So for chewing the fat, got three suggestions. You want to sort of mull over. One suggestion says that the phrase comes from sailors practicing of chewing on salt, hardened fat, and that comes from the Pirate Dictionary. Nice. So just pause you there. Was it sailors or Vikings? <laughs> it could have been Vikings. It was from the Pirate Dictionary, so let's say Pirate Vikings. Pirate Vikings. Another says it's from... Vikings. <laughs> Another says it's from North American Indians or Inuits chewing animal hides in their spare time. You can't just have three different races of people chewing different kinds <laughs> of fat. That's from... <laughs> That's from the, a book titled Ballyhoo, Buckaroo and Spud's Ingenious Tales of Words and Their Origins. So not the Pirate Dictionary. The third one is British farmers have also been said to be the origin, spending their time chewing on smoked pork. So is it pirates, <laughs> the worst Inuits, we've ever had. or British farmers? This is amazing. No, I like it. I reckon he's put Inuits in the middle to lull me into guessing for a bit. Because <laughs> they are the ones that are least likely. It's a very westernised thing, I reckon. Being like, oh, let's go and chew the fat um, and talking. None of them would link to how you... farmers. It's the farmer one, isn't it? <laughs> All right, British farmers, Sam. I think guesses? sailors. Farmers don't have many other people to talk to. You reckon sailors? But, like when they do, they just talk. They wouldn't have anything exciting to say. Or <laughs> like Keith, not too bad, Jeremy. What's happening today? So shoot, I'm sorry shoot. to say that none of the above had any sort of hard citations. Mm-hmm. It was sort of sort of like this author's guess. One of the author's guesses was it could be as simple as like chewing fat when you're talking, so it looks like you're chewing fat when you're talking, and sort of like playing into what you said. Yeah, it looks very head, similar. But never said it. In 1885, the two were used together in the um, life and ranks of British Army in India, which um, by J. Brunless Patterson. So this was on this was on one page I found, but it had no citation whatsoever. I don't know where it was from. Um, a claim that ammunition used to be powder wrapped in animal fat soaked cloth, fat soaked cloth, and which was bitten open during musket drills. And chewing on these loose bits of fat and cloth was a time passer, which is why chewing the fat and chewing the rag are so closely linked. Okay. Which is a bit of a dubious one, and it had it's no citation. Very convenient. It's very convenient. I thought that. it's very. This explains everything, and you should have no questions. Why would fat soaked cloth be a good wrapping for gunpowder? No, it's not porous, is it? It's, it's quite, I don't know, it's quite a thick material. If but I was it's... trying to keep powder safe, I wouldn't wrap it in fat. But mm. you're doing it when... Unless it's just treated on the outside to sort of like try and weather, weatherproof yeah, it a bit. it could be a rag on the inside and just wrapped in fat to seal it, maybe, yeah. possibly. Waste of good fat, could chew that bad boy. Chew the rag, conversely, first appeared in 1875. So 1885, chew the fat. 1875, chew the rag. Uh, this is a Random House Historical Dictionary of American Slang. Nice. Gents, I could chew the rag hours on end, just spilling out the words and never know no more than a billy goat what I'd been saying. Which is a bit weird. It's supposed to come from ladies' sewing circles, which is why I didn't want to use it when in, uh, Deborah was on. She might have known this. Probably not, since neither of you two did. Uh, ladies' <laughs> sewing circles and the idea that a lot of talking would go on at these events. So chewing the rag was literally just when they were knitting rags, they would talk, and it looked a bit like chewing. That's such a sort of tenuous link that yeah. I, I do not believe it in the slightest. So yeah, no hard origins from what mm. I could tell. But I like how many soft origins you brought to the table. Thank you. Mm. It's just a bit disappointing when there's no hard origin, even though a lot of them don't have hard origins, and just, it's hard to find them. Just claim one of them is factually correct, <laughs> and see if in this like one, British farmers. 30 years time it goes, citing this podcast from the late 20... 20- whatever year we're in interestingly you should say that 
1999, there was an email chain titled Life in the 1500s, which was full of bad information, which has just made its way into common knowledge, and people now cite it as fact. Um, like the spiders it, thing. And it suggested that it might have been from the same place, and it suggested that chewing the fat was, when company came over in the 1500s, they would bring out some bacon and hang it to show it off. It was a sign of wealth <laughs> that a man could really bring home the bacon. They would cut off a little to share with guests and would all sit around and chew the fat. And that was from this chain letter that just love. went... It's when everywhere. everyone trusted the internet because it was on a computer and it's just you could just send anything around and everybody believed it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's still cited now. Like people were still... It got cited in an interview in like 2015 where someone, <laughs> someone went like, oh yeah, it was from this. And they never got called out. Um, in ham radio, long conversations is nicknamed rag chewing. Very last thing on chew the rag, chew the fat. Yep. Um, chew the rag was the oldest and the uh, more popular one, and it was on the engram. It was the uh, up until about nineteen fifties, sixties. It was the more popular one, and chew the fat has massively taken over, and chew the rag has just completely dropped off. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you're one of the older generation, you would say chew the rag. And in fact, the thing that spurred me on was I think it was a peer in the House of Lords used it in a debate, and so which goes some way to that theory yeah. theory lending a bit of credence to it so i thought it was quite an yes. interesting one good. But yeah don't really have a mod equivalent because it's still used yeah. a fair bit chew the gum chew the gum chew the gum is quite a good one yeah i like that i thought when you were talking about the soldiers popping the fat bullets and then chewing them uh you'd be like and this is also one of the first inventions of chewing gum i put i try and put loads of fake tidbits when i do stuff Chewing gum's an American invention from like nineteen forties, isn't it? I reckon it's older than that. People from... just getting gum from trees and chewing it—that's definitely older than the Yanks. No, it it's not gum from bullets. trees, but like chewing gum itself. I mean, the actual. I mean, the stuff now gum doesn't know. Like, it's yeah. not I thought taking was... a pellet out of a tree and like there you <laughs> go, <laughs> into the basket. It goes. Bend the tree backwards and it slides out the bottom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Someone was eating pez at work the other day. Pez is really? great, weren't they? They still make them. I didn't yeah, even, yeah, I didn't yeah, even know they were still around. I mean, Pez's Pez are going to be huge, aren't they? But kids love I don't them. Know, it seems yeah. very wasteful. It's like there's more yeah, plastic yeah. toy than there is actual food. And like what you used to do is be like, you'd put the sweets in the toy and then just instantly dispense them all into your hand and stuff. <laughs> it's like, I think as an adult, I understand how pointless that is. But as a kid, like, the toast, these toasts are amazing. It must be the toy. We were all about really inefficient sweets as kids as well. Do you remember the lollies that you had that were sour? sugar water in one side and you like squeezed it out onto the lolly you might no. remember these and yes. it's just like it was a, a sugary stick of sugar we'd use, then squeeze sour sugar on top of and then oh. licked it was but so you, weird you like, so all the ones the that coloured your tongue and stuff like that yeah bad thanks for joining us this week be sure to leave a review on iTunes subscribe to us on YouTube and on the Overcast app feel free to hit the star you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MFOR podcast and feel free to email us cast at zy.io relevant links from this episode are in the show notes and our individual social media accounts are available at the bottom thanks for listening to money for old rope a podcast obstentiously about words and stuff <laughs> goodbye <laughs> how would i get anything or eat just yeah. write just would you just write to jeff and beg for your amazon account back yeah jeff <laughs> don't think they care like, jeff they, they're jeff still bezos. buying things uh, like jeff bezos is the um ceo of amazon and just massive tool. Not at all. One of the only forward-thinking businesses. <sighs> not in a good way. They do a lot. They've got a lot of terrible business practices, but there's not many businesses that think more than about three years in the future.
He's got like a strong if had, figurehead. If he had no humans in his employ, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's yeah. the fact that the humans in the warehouses, not in the not in Europe or in the UK, but in America, get treated horrendously. Oh, it is terrible. Like there is no way around that. Like, the, but the only reason it's not like that here is because we have worker protection laws yeah. that are just stronger than America's. Did you see they like patented those bracelets that could tell if they ever stopped moving? Oh God, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like modern day slave labor, isn't it? I've got an incoming let's call set, from Let's Monday. set your house I'll definitely on fire. pick it up. I don't know anyone it from It might Monday. be Rue. What? Hello? Uh, possibly. Oh, can I ask who's calling? This sounds like a mobile phone thing. I'm afraid to say that I haven't had an accident in the last few years, but I am recording a podcast. Do you want to do a shout out to all of my friends? Let me just put you on speakerphone just a second. Oh, I think he's put me on hold. Oh, well, I'll reject him. <laughs> so sad. I'm not sure you wanted to be on our podcast. So I was fighting fire with fire there. I bet that's a first for that guy. For that guy. <laughs> We're trying to pitch to him and try to put him on broadcast. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Would you like to... That'd be the best way to find out if lots of people had accidents in the last five years. Um, Sponsored by that guy. <laughs> that guy.